We've got pumpkins. It's just so cool. We had a good fall festival last night, and uh, we got, got to sit by the fire and have that whole smoky smell all the way home. That, that's fun. S'mores were good. They're sticky. We, we enjoyed uh, being able to get together and eat and laugh and tell stories. And uh, It's just a beautiful spot out there, Steve and Cherry have. Uh, we're looking at Clashing Kingdoms. So this, this is part of the Edify series, so we've got to kind of set the scene for this. This is, this is We're going to turn to the New Testament, look at Jesus, look at his followers, see how this impacts the world in the first century. It also impacts us and reaches all the way to our time. But he is dealing with some things at, at that particular moment in, in the Gospel of Luke that has to do with the things that we've talked about before. We've got the three rebellions. We've got the first one in Genesis chapter 3, where Adam and Eve listen to the serpent and they rebel against God. So we've got that one. So death enters into the universe, a separation from God, and Jesus is going to address sin with his death on the cross. That's coming he, he's, he has an answer. There's, there's a progression as we go through history and follow the line through, through Scripture to arrive at that point. He's also going to deal with the rebellion that's in Genesis chapter 6 when the uh, heavenly beings have decided that they want to enter into a sexual relationship with women on earth and we have these hybrid beings that are, that are born and they fit into our mythology and, and legend uh, throughout all the cultures around the world. And they, they are called the Nephilim. So we have, we have this whole other group of strange creatures that appear. But it also leads to God's uh, saying that's it. And people have just gone sideways. They're influenced by these evil beings, and the corruption is throughout the earth. I'm going to flood the earth and start over. So that is what brings that about. Well, we have spirits of dead Nephilim, these hybrids, that are now released. And as a result of that, they, the um, answer to where, where do we have demonic spirits? Where do we get those critters from? Uh, they're called the unclean spirits or evil spirits. Because they are these hybrids. They are the mixed races so uh, that from heaven and earth. So those beings are now looking for ways to destroy God's kingdom on earth. They're looking for ways to find embodiment because now they're disembodied spirits. And they are coming often from the place of the dead. So that's why they're often... Uh, associated with death and uh, places, holes in the earth where people would imagine that they have access to come and go. Spirits really don't need holes or doors, but that's what they imagine. So we're dealing with those, those things in the second rebellion. Third rebellion is that the people have, in Genesis 11, have rebelled against God. They said, he's told them to scatter and fill the earth. They said, no, we don't want to. We're going to build a tower. We're going to control you because they think if they build this tower, they have a way to reach heaven. 
or reach the God and tell him this is how we want to do it and that didn't go well so God divided the nations gave them different language that's why we have the Tower of Babel and now they're scattered around the earth and he divides them up according to the council of those members of the heavenly council so we, we've got the table of nations in Genesis 10 we've got 70 if you read it in the Septuagint it's 72 because they divided a name a couple of names extra so we've got this number of nations represented well those heavenly beings decided to bring their worship towards themselves instead of pointing to God and uh, third rebellion so now we've got these all these issues are going on and Jesus comes and he's going to bring the kingdom of God to earth and that is going to clash with the prince of the power of the air the the dark kingdom and all of these other effects of these rebellions that have just been playing out around the earth so Jesus comes along and he begins to challenge what has happened and begins to to make incursions into the kingdom of darkness and bringing the kingdom of God so we're going to look at that in Luke chapter 10 and see how this unfolds as Jesus deals with uh, the rebellions and you'll see them uh, addressed as we go through this part uh, of Jesus story in the gospel but this this first part is Jesus sends out his disciples. It's from Luke 10, uh, verses 1 through 12. And see if anything stands out. I'll just read through it, and then we'll go back and, and talk about this. But I, I want you to think about, okay, we've got three rebellions. Jesus is coming to address them. He is the Son of God, the only true, begotten Son of God, coming to address these things. So verse 1, the Lord now chose 72 other disciples and sent them ahead in pairs to all the towns and places he planned to visit. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great, but the workers are few. So pray to the Lord who is in charge of the harvest. Ask him to send more workers into his fields. Now go and remember that I am sending you out as lambs among wolves. Don't take any money with you nor a traveler's bag, nor an extra pair of sandals, and don't stop to greet anyone on the road. Whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they are not, the blessing will return to you. Don't move around from home to home. Stay in one place, eating and drinking whatever they provide, don't hesitate to accept hospitality because those who work deserve their pay. If you enter a town and it welcomes you, eat whatever is set before you. Heal the sick and tell them the kingdom of God is near you now. But if a town refuses to welcome you, go out into its streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. I assure you, even wicked Sodom will be better off than such a town on Judgment Day. So he starts off choosing 
70, it depends on the translation if they get it from the Hebrew or the, or the Greek Septuagint, 70, 72 disciples are sent out. Ring any bells? The nations represented. He is sending them into these towns, and he is with these disciples sending them into these areas where he's going to come, bringing the kingdom of God, the message of the kingdom of God. And he is now breaking loose, letting the, the kingdom of darkness know, I'm here. And we are coming. And we are coming to make a difference. And we're going to tear you down. That is not something that these rebels want to know. They, they have had a hold on people and on towns. So all of that is, is part of what is unfolding. So it's representative of, I'm coming for the nations, all of them. Right now he's in Israel, and he's sending them out to the, to the various towns to, to begin the process. But it just, this wasn't missed by those who were there. And the, the clashing of the kingdoms is not just happening on the ground, because that's normally where we go even when we read this. And it's often used for people thinking, well, this is how you go out and you be, you, this is how you do mission work. So our, our missionary work as Christians is to look like this without always backing up and saying, so what else is happening here? Because this has representative value of the entire world. It has to do with the, not only the, the earthly cosmology, but the heavenly cosmology. So it's, there's a divine uh, part of this that is above what we know, what we experience just on the earth. Let me do the earthly part. Jesus' instructions to these people, you just you know, deal with this however you, your, your heart wants to. He says, eat whatever they put in front of you. But I don't eat meat. Eat whatever's put in front of you. I don't eat vegetables. Eat whatever's put in front of you. I don't like cheese. Eat whatever's put in front of you. I don't like Parmesan. I don't like whatever it is that you come up with. And Jesus tells these guys, whether they have uh, any intestinal issues, preferences, whatever it is, he says, it don't matter. Did y'all pick that up? He doesn't say it once. He says it twice. Now, why would the Lord of glory say something like that? Because it's rude when people are offering you a meal and being hospitable and you say, nah, nope, I am too good for that. I got my way and I ain't listening to you. I ain't taking it. I'm not eating it. Jesus said, I'm sending you out as somebody unique and different. Do you know one of the ways that people are going to know you're unique and different? If you can receive hospitality without demands, without putting your preferences above everybody else's, and even risking your own diet to do the things of God. How personal is that? Yeah. Because there's some stuff. I don't know. He says, I'm going to send you out. You say, you know, may God's peace be on this house. This is just random. So just you imagine your neighborhood. 
And if you don't live in a neighborhood, imagine a neighborhood, and so it's a small town, and, and these two people show up, these two guys. They don't have bags. They don't have money. They, they just show up at your door. And you probably had some, like, two people show up at your door doing something at some point. And you go, this is weird. I don't want to open the door. Everybody's buying the ring now so they can see them from inside. And they go, I ain't opening that door. I can see them. There's all, the, all of the responses that people have to this. And he's saying, these guys, I'm sending them out to those towns. What is he waiting for? The people who have a response of hospitality. And they go, hey, come on in. They didn't have Holiday Inns or Hilton's or anything in those days. So this is uh, the only way they could have a place to stay is that somebody offers them a room in the house. So they're offered, well, there's a limited number of those around probably probably, you know, not with the cinnamon rolls and all that from the Holiday Inn. But anyway, they, they have some place to go, and they, their response to this is, come on in, and we will feed you. And he says, don't move around. So it's not like, oh, we're here three days, and we'll go next door and bother those guys three. It's just however long they're, they're going to be here, they stay in that one place. And God said, they're, when you say, my, uh, may God's peace be on this house, there's a blessing connected with this. There's a spiritual reality to this. this is, these aren't empty words and just being kind and throwing out. There is a spiritual... This is an incursion into the kingdom of darkness. When that blessing goes out, it rests on that house. And God and the angelic forces are now on the team. And they are aware of that family they are aware of what's going on. They're aware of the food that's being served. They're watching the heart of these uh, disciples who have gone in there who are supposed to be receiving hospitality well. And they're watching the people in their heart and how they're giving hospitality and also the town. Do you see that? And if, and if they go in and the people don't receive them, so the blessing comes back to you. So that they don't get any of that. This, actual, this is an actual thing that goes out and touches people's lives. Now it comes back, and they carry it to the next place. But he tells them, if you go in there and you give them this, you tell them that the kingdom of God is near, you heal the sick, and, and you're giving them this, this uh, hope that God is coming, that he is fulfilling what he said in the scriptures, that he would come, he would send the Messiah, that the kingdom, his kingdom, would make a difference, that it would enter in. How do you know it's going to make a difference? when it enters in. Well, here are these people who are willing to come out there with no bag. They're, they, they're not, they don't have a travel kit of any kind, no toothbrush. Oh. And they show up, and, they, and they're just there. And you go, they're trusting something, some way. So there's something about this that's different. They are touching the lives as they're proclaiming the, the kingdom of God is here. They're talking about Jesus and what Jesus has done, but they're also healing the sick. And there's more to this. So they're, they're, they're healing the sick. People are being released from their pain and their suffering. And we've kind of all been through all of that uh, here, just our own personal lives. So we know that that, that drags you down and, and what that does to your body, to your day, to all of that. And here... He's releasing them because the blessing of God has come on this town. 
and come to these people. If they refuse to welcome you, go into the streets and say, we wipe even the dust of your town from our feet to show that we have abandoned you to your fate. And know this, the kingdom of God is near. The follow-up to that is, even wicked Sodom will be better off than that town on Judgment Day. Why? Because Sodom didn't have Jesus. They didn't have the messengers of Jesus. They didn't have the kingdom of God that was alive and real and powerful and healing. They got a message, but they denied it, so you know, God takes them out. We have that story in Genesis. But this could be worse off. How many times have, has a town had the opportunity, God sends people into that town, and they're, they're, not, they're not flashy, they're, they don't show up, they don't have a, a, a big tour bus with their name emblazoned on the side, they don't have big speakers or, big, or, or the band isn't playing, they just, just people, they just come in without much, and they're proclaiming the kingdom of God. And they're just dismissed. And God in heaven is saying, I've given you the message. I have sent a messenger to your location to bless you, to bring a blessing to you, to your community, to your town. And you wouldn't receive it. The reason they're kicking the dirt off their feet is there are, in in God's cosmology, on this earth, holy places set aside There's a Holy of Holies in Jerusalem. The temple is a holy spot, but the Holy of Holies, whoa. There's the uh, Exodus 3, Moses goes by the burning bush that isn't consumed by the fire. God speaks to him out of that bush and says, take off your shoes because you are standing on holy ground. The dirt matters. There are holy places, and he is designated those places set aside which means unique set aside for him as holy and when these people have refused the blessing they re- they've refused the message of the messengers that, that Jesus has sent he says just all of it get the dirt off your feet even that I don't want any of that tracked out of here because this is an unholy place And it is designated for destruction, for judgment. When he tells them this, he's dealing with all of the past, because I laid that out for you before, the rebellion. So we're bringing all the rebellions forward to this moment in the first century. Then he's talking about what is happening in the present, the blessings, the things that are unfolding for them right then, right there with people in their houses, eating lox and bagels and all the stuff that's unfolding every day. Then... He's looking to the future and says, there's going to be a judgment. The future holds more. So we're not done yet. We're dealing with these rebellions. One day, this will all be dealt with. And Jesus is clear, this isn't going to go well for those who have rejected this opportunity. And God sends opportunities like this to people around the world all the time. And he sends messengers that look like Nothing special. Just like he does angels. Remember the whole Hebrews 13, you may entertain angels and you're unaware that they are angels. And he says, be, you know, just be hospitable is, is the thing. Just, just be open to people, you know, 
care and, and these angels will come. And why do angels show up and do that? Well, sometimes they're bringing a blessing. Sometimes they're bringing a message. Sometimes they're taking uh, information back to the heavenly courts. They're gathering, so they come and visit us. And in this case, it's human messengers, human angels who are going to go out and pass the, the, the word on that the kingdom of God is, is near. And the, the clash of the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light is clear. It's unfolding and it's happening right here. Nations are represented. We're dealing with bringing the blessing of God. There's the judgment that's still yet to come. Clashing kingdoms, Luke 10, 17 through 20. So we just jump down some. In verse 17, when the 72 disciples returned, they joyfully reported to him, Lord, even the demons obey us when we use your name. Yes, he told them. I saw Satan fall from heaven like lightning. Look, I've given you authority over the power of the enemy, and you can walk among snakes and scorpions and crush them. Nothing will injure you. But don't rejoice about or rejoice because evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. You still got the picture of the, the rebellions that exist, and Jesus is sending his messengers, his disciples out to take on the evil that exists in the world. So this is within the first century Israel that is right now under the control of the empire of Rome. He's not addressing the empire of Rome because he's going for the big dog behind all of that. It would seem like, man, the biggest thing here is just get rid of Rome, get everybody, you know, get the right political leaders in. If we get the right social organizations, everything will fall into place because that's how we would deal with it. We go, we just need to put the right people in the right positions and government and then get the programs running and we got this nailed. And Jesus says, not so much. The kingdom of darkness exists. It's all around us and it impacts everybody's life. And so I'm coming to make a difference. I come to take back the nation's all the nations, not just Israel, all of them, which is represented by the number 72. So, 72 come back. They report, wow, the demons, the evil spirits, they're listening to us. Who are those guys? The rebellion of the Nephilim. Who are the 72? The rebellion of chapter 11 of Genesis and Babel. We've got all the nations. We've got the evil ones who departed. That now it shows that the kingdom of God... The kingdom that Jesus is, is bringing has power over all of them. And he can bring them all under his power. He says, look at this. I've given you authority over all the power of the enemy. I saw Satan fall. Now, this one gets confused because Satan is often um, seen as falling here in, in Luke 10. He's seen falling in Revelation He's seen, so there's a, a mixture. He's already been taken out in Genesis 3, but when he is removed from his place of position in the heavenly council and, and around God's throne because the rebellion there, he is limited to the earth. He is thrown down to the earth. He is, as it's described, like a serpent crawling on his belly. He's the lowest. All the other animals, everything else in creation can step on him. He's a snake. So that's, his belly's in the earth. 
And that's, that's the picture of who he is. But he's still the prince of the power of the air, so that whole the atmosphere around the earth is still influenced. We have that to deal with, which is what Jesus is, is uh, saying. I saw him fall. These, when he sent his guys out, he sees him, like Satan is like, what just happened? Bam, like lightning. And he gets it. Man, the, Jesus is here for real. The kingdom of God is near. It just took, does that mean Satan has no power ever? He's taken out. No, it just, but it knocked him down. It took him, dropped him to the earth again. And he's saying, uh, Jesus is saying, all of it, all the power of the enemy, you're going to be able to crush. How do we do that? Well, we've got to be walking with Jesus. We've got to be doing what he says. If he says we eat whatever is put in front of us, we eat that instead of fighting it. And all the things that, that have to do with listening to him, finding out where he wants us to be, like he says, I'm going to send you guys to this town. Don't take a bag. Don't take money. Just go. And go, but Lord, and you know how many butts would come up with that one. And he's... I'm just sending you to go make a difference. This is going to turn not only uh, the lives of those local people upside down, it's going to turn the world upside down. We are going to go into the midst of the kingdom of darkness and begin to tear it down. I saw Satan fall like lightning because they did what he told them to do. So there is authority, there's power. But don't rejoice because your evil spirits obey you, which is a good thing, and it also shows we're dealing with that rebellion. But he brings it back home, and he says it's not about having these powers. It's not about having this, this authority that I'm giving you to uh, heal or to deal with the evil spirits. It's about having this relationship with him, that your names are registered in, in heaven, that you have life with me. That, that's the thing to rejoice about. Don't get, don't get all heady on this thing because it's ego, e easy to let ego take over if you see some of these things unfold. And if you've ever been around anybody who's practiced some of these things and, the, and they had some success, they, they can get, you know, the, the ego gets in the way and that, that's devastating and the kingdom of darkness wins again. So don't rejoice that evil spirits obey you. Rejoice because your names are registered in heaven. So Jesus is rejoicing. This is in Luke 10, verses 21 and 22. At the same time, Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit, and he said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding these things from those who think themselves wise and clever and for revealing them to the childlike. Yes, Father, it pleased you to do it this way. My Father has entrusted everything to me, no one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal Him. It's about this relationship with God. God created the earth and put people here in order to have His family. So He's wanting to develop that family and bring everyone back together. So He's working on that. And that's He's excited to see this is coming together. And it is true only the son who's who's with the father as as the second person of the trinity can explain the father and the father can explain the son and he's addressed the holy spirit 
at the same time, Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's involved in this. We, we've got all of these, uh, all the Trinity is involved in, in seeing what has just happened as the kingdom of God has made inroads into the kingdom of dark, darkness and beginning to flip those rebellions around, showing that God has the authority. He's going to ultimately bring all of this together. He's in the process. It's not done yet because we haven't hit that final judgment, so we know it's not done, but we're in process. So a lot is happening as these kingdoms are clashing. We are seeing those things even today as the kingdom of God goes out and God is bringing, and it may be somebody that comes into your life and they speak into your life as a representative an emissary, an ambassador from God speaking truth, and, and they're bringing a blessing, and God wants to pour this out on us, on you, and, and you have to be sensitive to, is God speaking, is God saying something to me? Is, is God uh, asking me to listen to him to go, or to be hospitable, or to receive hospitality? What is it that God is saying in this moment to me and and to know that he has as he sends us out the ability to supply all of our needs we don't have to take a traveler's bag we just listen to him we go and then see what he does with that and how he tears down the the kingdom of darkness through our obedience so when we listen to him we do what he says that upsets satan and his minions they want to keep us off base, off track, fearful, worried, always at each other's throats, whatever it takes to keep people off balance. And in this whole story of Clash and Kingdom, it's a matter of doing the weirdest things. A couple of guys show up in town with nothing, except they're here to proclaim the kingdom of God is near. And people are blessed, they're healed. The demons are dealt with. They do know the difference between illnesses and demons. And, and we're so modern, we don't even know the difference. So that's kind of a sad thing. We get stuck with them. But he's making a difference. And he is entering into the, into the world that we know, into the cosmology we know, in order to turn this thing around and to bring blessing, not only for those of the people of Israel, but for the whole world. 72 disciples. We're going out to the nations to bring everybody in so that the family of God can be bigger, more blessed, and more joy for all. And there will be more people with their names registered in heaven. It's just kind of an exciting thing to see all the stuff that he's pulling off. So here's the reframe. The Messiah would defeat the power of the enemy, overcome the demons, bring back the dispersed, all those who were sent out around the world. The kingdom of God is the will and way of God at work among people. So when we're thinking of the kingdom of God and how that, how that unfolds or how, what that means, is that is where God is accomplishing what he wants to accomplish, what he wants to do in people's lives, the good that he wants to produce. So kingdom of God is the will and way of God at work among people. So he's bringing that. He's allowed us to know some of it. When we get into the scriptures and, and practice it, we're exercising the kingdom of God here in this world. And it really does change things. It is an amazing um, 
amazing to see the blessing that can come, but also the heartache if people turn down that, the blessing when somebody is there to speak truth into their lives or speak truth into a community or speak truth into a county or a country and it's rejected and then things go sideways. Hey, oh, wow. Let's just listen to God and, and let the kingdom come. The position you have is better than the power. The position you have with your name registered in heaven is better than the power to overcome the enemy, to, from overcoming the, the, the demonic, the powers of darkness. Uh, Jesus will defeat them. That day is coming. He does give us the authority to, to deal with them now, but the position is better than the power. So... I'm, I'm sure you all don't want to go out and get a job as an exorcist anyway, but just that's just letting you know. Just having that relationship with God is amazing. And the blessings that come with that, the things that he wants to bring into our lives, the things he wants to uh, straighten out that we may not even know are twisted, uh, he will do. And it, and it just is a, a process of unfolding more and more as we uh, walk with him. So the blessings are, are available. So there's clashing kingdoms. Sending his, his disciples out. Turning things around from the rebellions. From the earlier rebellions. And preparing things for the ultimate future. That is yet to come. And we get to be part of it. So thank God. Our names are registered in heaven. Father thank you for allowing us some time in, in your word. Thank you for allowing us uh, to know you to have the scriptures, to see what you are doing, to see that you're accomplishing things and that you have re revealed these things not to the wise and clever, but to those who will listen, those who will humble themselves, the childlike. And it pleased you, Father, to do it in this way. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.